0: Nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. And what I want to talk about today is what God has revealed to us about heaven. You know, heaven's a real place, it it really, really is. And so we're going to look at what the Bible has revealed to us, what God has revealed to us through his word about heaven. Now, the Bible talks about three heavens. First heaven is the atmosphere, which is around the earth. The second heaven is space where the stars are. And the third heaven, that's actually over in the spirit realm. And that's where God resides. That's where he resides. And as you study the Bible, um, heaven is always up. And hell is always down. And uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, records that heaven is in the farthest sides of the north. And you know astronomers, now astronomy is fine. It's the study of the stars. Astrology is what is demonic. So you want to stay away from horoscopes and uh, astrology and all of that. But astronomy is just fine. And uh, the three wise men, remember, that came when Jesus was born, they were, they were astronomers. They studied the stars and they saw his star in the east, you know. But astronomers say that there's a vast area in the northern most part of the sky in the nebula of the constellation of Orion. Actually, it's a space about 90,000 times bigger than the Earth's diameter, which is the most beautiful part of space. And in that part, their telescopes cannot probe. I believe that's where heaven, heaven is. And uh, it's interesting if you look at, you're in 1 Corinthians 2, go to 2 Corinthians 12. The apostle Paul actually was caught up to heaven. Um, notice here, and this was likely when he was beaten, and remember he was left for dead, and the disciples came and gathered around him and prayed, and he, the Lord rose him up. He didn't quit, he just kept right on preaching. But scholars believe this is probably when, when this took part here. took place here in Second Corinthians 12:2. He said this. He said, "I know a man in Christ, and most scholars believe he's talking about himself." Notice, in Christ, I know a man in Christ. You have to be in Christ to go to heaven. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, so he's talking about the past, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught where? Up or down? Caught up, see heaven is up, caught up to the third heaven. Now he was talking about over where God resides. You understand that? He said, I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And we'll just throw this in here. When you die, when you die, your spirit leave your body. How many of you know you are a spirit? You possess a soul. You live in a physical body. When you die, if you're a Christian, now if you're not a Christian, it's a bad thing. You, you, you go to hell. You don't want that. But we're talking about heaven today. And... uh when you're in heaven, you, you won't know whether you're in the body or out of the body. It'll just, just be, you can't tell. You need to understand that. What's it going to be like when I die? Well, you'll go up. If you're a Christian, you'll go up. The Bible says in Luke 16, Jesus said that when the beggar Lazarus died, he was carried by the angels. How many of you know we each have angels? At least one, probably more. And those angels will carry us into glory, into heaven, up. And uh, whether in the body or out of the body, it'd be just like, we won't be able to tell. He said, I know such a man, whether in the body out of the body, I do not know, God knows how he was caught, notice, up to paradise. Heaven, of course. And heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, the Amplified Bible says that this was beyond the power of a man to put in words. If you were to see heaven, you wouldn't be able to articulate what you saw there. It's so beautiful and so wonderful. It would be very hard to articulate it. And that's what the Apostle Paul was, was saying when he was caught up there. It was beyond the power of really words for him to say. And then, of course, there were some things he saw there It wasn't he wasn't able to share. The Lord wouldn't allow him to share it, apparently. Now, notice in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, the first three verses there, Isaiah, he saw heaven. Notice this, Isaiah six, verse one, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple above it stood seraphim. Now, these are angels. Each one had six wings. Or sometimes they're called living creatures, either way, but they had six wings. Now, not all angels have wings. You understand that. How many of you know angels are not little fat babies with wings? You understand that. That's the way Hollywood portrays it. But angels are awesome beings. But a lot of times in the Bible, angels appear as men. Now, they never appear in the female gender, but they appear as men. And they don't all have wings. You know, sometimes they appeared as men. Sometimes the Bible says, Daniel, I believe, brings out he saw a man, but it was an angel. When Jesus was raised from the dead, how many of you know the women? They went in there and they saw angels, but looked like young men. How many remembers that? Is that that right? The Bible says, don't be forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. How many remembers that? So sometimes angels, you know, as you see them in the Bible... They're awesome beings. Sometimes they have wings. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they appear as a man. But nonetheless, these are seraphim. Verse 2, each one had six wings. We're talking about heaven. What are you going to see when you get to heaven? Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Now, I believe that's one for the Father, one holy for the Son, and one holy for the Holy Spirit, you know. But be that as it may, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel saw into heaven or saw heaven. Ezekiel chapter one, verse one. It came to pass. And then it goes on as the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. Verse four. Ezekiel says, Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of where? Out of where? Out of of the north. A great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it, radiating out of its midst like the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it, verse 5, it came, the likeness of, notice, four living creatures, and, it was, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Now notice verse 10. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man. Each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. And each of the four had the face of an eagle. Now, some people want to know what the significance of that is, but uh, I, I can give you my thoughts on it. Notice uh, one of them had the face of a lion. In, the, in Matthew's gospel account, Jesus is seen as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then, of course, it talked about the face of an ox. And in Mark's gospel account, Jesus is seen as a tireless servant, and that's what the ox represents, And then the face of a man in in Luke's gospel account, Jesus is seen as the son of man. And then finally, the face of an eagle in John's gospel account shows him as the son of God and that's what the eagle is symbolic of. That's pretty neat, don't you think? So Ezekiel saw heaven. Now go to Revelation, the fourth chapter. That's the last book in in the Bible. John saw heaven was actually caught up to, up to heaven just like the Apostle Paul. Notice in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. After these things I looked and behold the door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, what, 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 what was it saying? Come up. Come up. See heaven is up. Come up here and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set, uh, was set in heaven. A throne set in heaven. Behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. Now, who's sitting on the throne? That's God, isn't it? And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. I think that's going to be awesome to see that. Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. They had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. Now there's only one Holy Spirit but what this is making reference to is the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit to the church, and I don't have time to get into that right now, but that's what that's talking about. Some people say, "Well, are there seven Holy Spirits?" No, there's one Holy Spirit. This is making reference to His complete sevenfold ministry to the to the church. Anyway, that's a whole another message. Notice verse six: Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. Now that's going to be something to look at, isn't it? And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes, in front and in. The back. Seems like these different men have seen these creatures, these angels. Four living creatures full of eyes in front and in the back. You almost need that if you're going to teach middle school or junior high like I did for many years. You you almost need some eyes in the back. I learned you never turn your back on on middle school students, you know. I'm just trying to be a little funny with you here. Don't you think these, these, these creatures are gonna be something to look at, aren't they? The first, verse seven, the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like a calf or an ox. The third had the face of a man and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. Have we seen that before? So, so they, these two men... Saw the same, uh, Ezekiel and John, they saw the same, same thing. And uh, notice here in verse 8 the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy. Have we seen that before? Lord God Almighty who was and is and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. How many of you know Jesus, the Bible says created all things? that right how many of you know they worship the lord in heaven oh yeah i'll tell you right now uh the worship in heaven uh you get to hear that be around that the anointing of god is so powerful on that uh you know, people a lot of times say, what are we going to be doing in heaven for eternity? Well, I tell you this much, you could, you, could, you could be in that worship of heaven and you could spend a million years there and, and, and want more. It, it's, it's that, you've, you've never seen worship on earth quite like that. Have you ever heard the Billy Graham Choir? How many has ever heard the Billy Graham Choir beside me? You know, have you heard the Billy Graham Choir? There's a heavy, powerful anointing on that when, when that when that when that choir sang, just as I am. How many of you ever, ever heard them sing just as I am? Well, take that and then and then and then punch that up to Warp 9, and you've got the worship that they have in heaven. It's most beautiful. You hear a little bit of that, and you won't want to come back here to, to this earth anymore. Take it from me. beautiful it's wonderful um notice revelation the fifth chapter and i looked and behold this is verse six revelation five verse six just for the sake of time we're just looking at various verses here how many of you know it's good to come to church and hear hear the bible read the bible is that right How many of you would rather read the Bible than have me tell jokes for, and make, uh, and I can tell some good jokes, some humdingers make you laugh, but how many of you know the word of God's better than that, is it? <laughs> Revelation 5, verse 6, and I looked and behold, now this is still John up in heaven, and I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four, and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Who is that? That's Jesus as though it had been slain. Now it's interesting, if you look back at chapter one, and you don't have to turn there, but you ought to read it sometime, when John was on the Isle of Patmos, before he was caught up to heaven, Jesus appeared to him, and he didn't look like this. Did you know that that Jesus, when he appeared to John, on the Isle of Patmos, appeared in in his glory, and in his power, and John turned to look, The voice he heard behind him, he saw Jesus, he bit the dust. But here he sees Jesus as a lamb slain. There's different facets of Jesus, different sides of him. How many of you know when he rode into Jerusalem? Now how many of you know he could have because he created all the white stallions, is that right? Right? How many of you know he could have rode in there on a white stallion if he'd have wanted to? Is that right? But he didn't do that. He rode in on a donkey. And the Bible says, the prophet said the Old Testament, he rode in there to show forth humility. Is that right? Now, could he, could he have went in there on a the white stallion? Yeah, he could have. But but he went in humbly on a donkey. <clears throat> and verse 9, Revelation 5 verse 9, and they sang a new song. So actually, if you want to start practicing up because John was actually seeing in the future, we're going to be singing this song one day in heaven. So here's the words to it. Here's what they were singing. You are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals for you were slain. Who was slain? Jesus, and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and will reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, the number of them was 10,000 times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing, honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Something, isn't it? Now go to Revelation, the 21st chapter and the fourth verse. And God, these are just characteristics of heaven. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more funeral parlors. Won't that be wonderful? Nor sorrow nor crying, no more pain. is that wonderful? For the former things have passed away. Uh, Sometimes people ask me a question and they'll say, what about loved ones of mine who died and they didn't know the Lord? Am I not going to be sorrowful? Am I not going to be... Well, all I can tell you is that however God's going to do it, He's going to wipe that away from us and we won't be sorrowful. I can't answer it beyond that, but it says right here, there'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me a great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, you understand that on down the road, after the, you know, I believe the Bible teaches there's going to be a rapture of the church where we're caught up. How many of you know the Bible teaches that? You can read 1st, 2nd Thessalonians. You can see that. I don't have time to teach for a couple hours on that, but I could. And then there's a seven-year tribulation period and then the Lord comes back and he sets up his millennial kingdom on the earth for a thousand years and so forth. And then after that, there's a great white throne judgment where all those who rejected Jesus or neglected to receive him are judged into the lake of fire. It's very sad. And then after that, the earth, the Bible talks about new heavens and a new earth. So this earth... The word new there is not new, brand new. The word new there has to do with renovation. Have you ever renovated a house or seen a house renovated like fixer-upper? It's not a brand new house, but it's a house that was there, but it was renovated. Now it looks brand new. And when it talks about new heavens and new earth, it's talking about the earth and the atmosphere around it. God's gonna burn out all the junk and renovate it. Won't that be wonderful? And then God's gonna move heaven, if you will, and the, and the holy Jerusalem in heaven, he's going to move it down to earth. Isn't that going to be wonderful? And so as we read these verses, we can still get some characteristics of, of heaven because that's, that's what we're reading about here. That verse 10 that's going to descend out of heaven from God. Now look at verse 11, Revelation twenty one eleven. Having the glory of God, her light was like most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. We're talking about heaven here. Also, she had a great and high wall. This is talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. Now watch this. Then notice this. Also, there was a great high wall with how many gates? Twelve gates. And twelve angels at the gates. Interesting. And names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations. You know what a foundation is? Something you build a wall on or a house on or whatever. And on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Well, who are those? Those are those apostles that were with Jesus. What about Judas? Well, he's not going to be there, is he? How many of you know he, he went to hell, didn't he? Bible says he did. Jesus said it had been better for him to never have been born. Is that right? So he's not one of them. So I don't know who that 12th one is going to be. I think it's going to be the Apostle Paul, but it could have been Matthias who was... who. Remember they drew lots? How many remembers that? So so what, whatever the case, whatever. How many of you know that who, whoever's name is on there is not a heaven-hell issue? Is that right? Verse 15. Now watch this. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and, and the wall. Now he's going to give us the dimensions. And I'm going to read verse 16 and 17 out of the New Living Translation because it, it, it says it where we can understand the measurements. Notice verse 16, when he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, it was in the form of a cube. You know what a cube is, don't you? We're talking about this heavenly Jerusalem here. For its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. That's a long way, isn't it? Then he measured the walls and found the walls to be 216 feet thick something, isn't it? Now there's more. Let's go to verse 18. Revelation 21.18. The construction of its wall was of jasper. I don't know what that is, but I don't know that I've ever seen it, but how many of you know it's got to be pretty? And the city was pure gold like clear glass. You know there's a lot of gold in heaven. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. There's jasper again. The second, sapphire. The third, how do you say that? Does Anybody know what that is? Does anybody know what it is? I I can barely pronounce it. We almost should have had a jeweler show up today. Here says what? Agate. Agate. The fourth was emerald. The fifth was sardonyx. The sixth was sardis. The seventh was crystallite. The eighth was beryl. The ninth topaz. The tenth was... The eleventh was... How do you say that? I don't even know how to say these things. No wonder the Apostle Paul came back and said, "There's stuff up there I can't even I can't even put in." And the twelfth was what? It's got to be pretty stuff, huh? I'm talking about where we're going to spend eternity, dear friends. How many of you know the blood of Jesus bought this for us? It's good to talk about this once in a while, isn't it? The 12 gates, now, okay, so that's pretty stuff. Look at verse 21. The 12 gates were 12 what? Pearls. Like one guy said, that must have been a big oyster that put those out. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. I'm just happy when they redo the parking lot with asphalt out there and They're paving with pure gold up there. Think about that. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Who's the Lamb? Jesus. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. There'll be no shadows in heaven. See, down here, There, I cast my shadow. In heaven, there's no shadows. That'll be interesting, won't it? And notice verse 24, and the nations of those who are, who are what? Who are saved. How do you get saved? Well, it's real simple. Remember the the, the Philippian jailer said to Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they gave him the answer. They said, believe On the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now friends, that's the only way anybody has ever gotten to go to heaven is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. From Adam and Eve, right after they sinned, right after they fell, God came in there and preached Jesus to them when he talked to them about the seed of the woman he was talking about the virgin birth and he and then and then didn't god bring they, they covered themselves with fig leaves remember that he went and brought them uh, animal skin which in, indicated a blood covenant and god used the blood of the the animals in the old testament to cover the sin until the lamb of god came in the new testament shed his blood on calvary's cross see the blood of the animals covered sin but if something can be covered it can be uncovered but jesus blood doesn't just cover sin it eradicates it and and it erases it and does away with it. Can you say amen? Amen. But from the time of Adam and Eve all the way down, the old covenant, every last one of them got saved the same way you and I get saved. They got saved, though, by looking forward to Jesus, looking forward to the Savior, looking forward to Calvary. And through simple faith, the Bible says that the gospel was preached to Abraham that's what the Bible says. It was Jesus in the Old Testament. They were looking forward to his coming. Now in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, we look backward to Calvary. But how many of you know it's Jesus in the Old and Jesus in the New? Can you say amen? There's no way to get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. That's true in the Old Testament. It's true in the New Testament. And, and just I'll just throw this in so that you're very clear on it. I don't have time to teach a couple hours on it, but I could. But the old covenant, no one is safe in that old covenant if they reject Jesus. Do you understand that? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the old covenant is obsolete. Because Jesus came and established a New Covenant, and that Old Covenant was all about Jesus anyway. You understand that? And so the only way to be saved in the Old Covenant or in the New Covenant is through simple childlike faith with a repentant heart, childlike faith, Jesus, come into my heart. That quick. Before, I mean, well, do I have to be water baptized to be saved? You better be saved before you go into water. The water's not going to wash away any sins. I believe in water baptism. We ought to be water baptized, but it it doesn't wash away sins. Being a member of a church doesn't... How many of you know you ought to be a member of a church? You ought to serve in a church. You You ought to do all these things. But none of those things save you. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, period. Not just believing in your head, that won't do it. It's believing where? In your heart and selling out to Him. Do you understand it? How many of you know when you do that, there's going to be a change in your life? You okay? And so... so you believe on Jesus and you get saved. Now, let's look at this. Verse 24. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. This is Revelation twenty one twenty four. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor to it. And the gates shall not be shut at all, all by day. There shall be no night there. Won't that be wonderful? And they'll bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Verse 27. And there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. How do you get in there? By simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You okay? Now look at Revelation 22. Here, I'll begin to close here. Just give me just a few more minutes. Revelation 22 verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of, uh, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of, of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was a tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each fruit yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and His servants shall serve them and they shall see His face. Won't that be something? And His name shall be on their foreheads and there is no night there. So that's heaven. How many of you think it's a pretty cool place? Now look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6, the Apostle Paul writes and he says this. He says, So we are always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. What's he talking about? Your spirit there. As long as your spirit is in your body, you're at home in the body, you're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Look at verse 8. We are confident, yes, well-pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be what? So when you die, your spirit leaves your body. If you're Christian now, now if you're not a Christian, you go to hell. That's bad fish. You don't want any part of that. It's a bad place. Let me just tell you, as wonderful as heaven is wonderful, that's how bad hell is bad. And by, the Bible says God didn't make hell for, the, for, the, for man. God made hell for the devil and his angels. But when a man... I'm talking about human beings. When they live their life, reject Jesus or neglect to receive him, that's where they go when they die. They, there's nowhere else to go. You go to hell. And let me tell you something. Hell is literal and it is eternal. Just like heaven is literal and it is eternal... Hell is literal and it is eternal. every once in a while you get some heresy that comes along. It rises up every so many years it seems like. It's called inclusionism or it's called uh, uh, ultimate reconciliation or whatnot. And there's a movie coming out on Netflix or something called Come Sunday and it's about a preacher who was once right in line with the Word of God. But he says a voice spoke to him and said that hell is not Eternal. He said God said that to him. How many of you know God didn't say that to him? It's against this book, the Bible. And he says that hell is not eternal. But the Bible says hell is eternal, just like heaven's eternal. Can you say amen? Now look at Philippians one twenty one. The apostle Paul said this. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is now why could a Christian say that well I just gave you for the last 20 minutes we see how dying is really what it's what it's what it's gain isn't it and then verse 23 he said I'm hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with Christ what's he talking about having his spirit leave his body Depart and be with Christ, which is what? Which is what? Which is what? It's far better. And then he says, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for the Philippians. So he decided to stay around a while and minister to them. How many of you know that you, listen to me, you should never feel sorry for a Christian who has died. Now, you might feel sorry, certainly, for the family because they're going to miss their loved ones, certainly. And we should extend uh, uh, our sympathy and our love and our care toward the ones the family members left behind, certainly. But for the Christian who has died, don't feel sorry for them. They wouldn't come back here now if they could. Do you hear me? You need to understand that. You get a taste of this heaven, what we're talking about here today. You get a taste of that. Take my word for it. Take my word for it. You don't want to come back here no more. You understand that? You want to just stay there. So some other observations of heaven. There's no marriage there. Jesus said that. Just there isn't. We will see and recognize our, our loved ones, those who were Christians who, who went on before us. We'll see them and we'll, we'll know them. The Bible's clear. We'll know people that we knew on the earth, but we're also gonna know people that we didn't know on the earth. Luke 16 will bear that out. You know that they eat and they drink in heaven. But when I say drink, I'm not talking about alcohol. Are there animals in heaven? Well, we know there's horses up there. There's a whole bunch of those. Because we're going to come back riding on white horses with the Lord when he comes back to fight the battle of Armageddon. So, if there's horses up there, there's probably other animals. We know those living creatures are up there. We know angels are up there. We know there's some other kind. I don't know. There's joy in heaven. Here's a question that I get asked sometimes. What about infants who have died, miscarried or were aborted? The Bible is very clear from what David said about his baby that died and what Job said in Job 3. And then Jesus said, Allow the little children to come to me for such as, of such as the kingdom of heaven. How many of you know little babies that die are covered by the grace of God? And they are there and I believe they go there and they grow. It's a wonderful place. There's no question about that. We have homes in heaven. Jesus said my father's house are many mansions. And he said I go to prepare a place for you. So we know there's there's dwellings there. I hope I get to live next to you, Diane. Wouldn't that be nice? I was I was telling was talking with a guy one time and he had an interesting sense of humor and I would say, you know, if we don't get along with people down here, that are, you know, our church members and whatnot, well, how, how are we going to, how are we going to get along with them up there? And I think God's probably going to just put us right next door to the people we couldn't get along with down here. I don't know how all that's going to work, but I said, I said to the guy, I said, I said how are we going to get along with people up there if we can't get along with them down here? And he said, well, he said, Pastor Terry, remember, in the Father's house there's many mansions. So, you know, you might not be having to live right next door to people. How many of you know we ought to get along with folk? Something else I'll, ju- I'll just throw this in. I, be- I believe this with all of my heart. How many of you know that, that when you get saved, you're, it's, how many of you go into heaven a free gift, get saved? But how many of you know that all Christians don't learn the word of God as they should down here? Yes or no? Yes. I know it's the truth. They don't spend time in the word. That, you know, let me ask you this. If you went to Washington, D.C. right now, could you just go into the Oval Office and just go in there any way you wanted? Would there have to be some kind of protocol yeah. What if you went to uh, over there to the to, to, to the Windsor Castle and the Queen was in there? You think you could just come hop bopping in there to the Queen? Or is there some kind of protocol you'd have to go through? Now in the Old Testament, could they approach God just hop bop around any way they want up to the throne up to the, the Ark of the Covenant? Or did they have to be do that very, very, very reverently? So what makes you think when we go to heaven, we're going to just be able to go in there to the throne of God, just act however we want? No, I'm convinced if we don't learn the word of God down here, I'm convinced we're going to have to learn it up there. And I'm convinced that we'll be learning the word of God and about God because he's eternal throughout all eternity. The Bible says in the ages to come, he's going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We're going to be worshiping God. Heaven is a real place. See, Hollywood portrays it like we're on clouds playing harps and just, it's a real place. It's a busy place. They're worshiping God up there. That's one of, I mean, you get a glimpse of him, you just want to worship him. They're worshiping God up there. Fellow, The Bible says we're going to be fellowshipping with God and with the saints. We're going to have to get along with one another. The Bible says we'll be resting from the enemy's attack. And the Bible talks about heaven as being a great place of reward. But did you know as you study your Bible and in 1 Corinthians, you'll see that we're not all going to look the same up there. No, we'll 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 look much like we do here on the earth, but we'll have different glories about us. You know, you know why that is? Because of how we serve God down here in the here and the now. If you're not now heaven getting it there is a free gift, totally free gift. Jesus paid for that with his blood, with his life. But there's things we can do down here on the earth, like being faithful, being faithful to God, being faithful to our church, being faithful to our spouse, being faithful to our children, being faithful, you know, serving and whatnot helping others. There's great reward up there. And people who do that down here and walk in love and, and are forgivers and so forth, up there, they're going to have a greater glory about them. The Bible's clear on that. And then the Bible also talks about Christians who were laxadaisical and loose and didn't live down here with right motives and always squawking and crabbing and complaining and not sincere and all of that. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 that their works will be burned. Wood, hay, and straw burned, but they themselves will be saved. Yet, so it's through the fire of God's judgment. Why is that? Because the blood of Jesus paid for their way to go to heaven. But they go in there and they have no. There's no glory about them. There's no reward for them. The Bible actually pictures them as standing in that white gown of salvation with a with a with a branch a branch in their hand, and that's all they've got. How many of you know it? Sure beats going to hell, though, doesn't it? I know about you, I'd like to get some reward. I'd like to have some crowns. There's five crowns I believe the Bible talks about. I'd like to have me some of them crowns. You know why I want those crowns? So that I can take them to Jesus' feet and lay them at His feet and worship Him. Heaven's a real place. I'm looking forward to going. How about you? Stand with me if you would. Just stand, bow your heads. Now, if you're here today and you don't know whether or not you're going to heaven, you need to know. The Bible says that our spirits bear witness on the inside whether or not we're children of God. If you are here and you're not sure that you've ever received Jesus, that you're a child of God, you need to do that before you leave. The Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus so if you've never placed your faith in Jesus you've never received him I want to invite you to do that today I want to plead with you and beg you to do it today there really is a heaven to gain and a hell to shine so if you've never received Jesus there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front after we dismiss the service You just come up and say hey introduce me to Jesus and they'll pray with you and in a split second of time you can become a child of God as you repent of your sins and receive Jesus as your Savior. Do that if you've never done that. And if you need prayer for anything else, well, you can come up and they'll pray with you as well. Heavenly Father, as I have preached this very simple message today, just read your word. We're looking forward to heaven. We're so grateful that you have provided heaven for us, that you did it through Jesus and we're just so grateful for him. And we're so thankful that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life with you in that wonderful place that we know as heaven. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, greet a couple of people and you're dismissed.